Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, NBA fans. Welcome to another episode of Courtside Take. Filming this on a Tuesday, December 26th. One day after Christmas. We usually uh, go on Mondays. But to spare everyone their holiday, we uh, figured we'd go on Tuesday. Blake, how was your holiday? It was a great one, man. Uh, spent a lot of time with family. Watched a bunch of NBA games. How about yourself? Pretty good. You know, uh, the Sixers took down your Knicks on Christmas Day, so uh, that was definitely entertaining to watch. Uh, I'd like to apologize to the fans real quick. Uh, since we're in separate locations, there's going to be uh, it's going to stink a little bit with the voices because um, we got Blake on speakerphone. So uh, bear with us, but we got some some good topics to go over today. But Back to the Sixers, you know, the Sixers took down the Knicks. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ian Cantor, it was really a battle back and forth for that game. Um, but Joel Embiid came out on top. But, hey, Blake, how about Enos Cantor? I mean, he looked like a monster on the boards. But, you know, the one thing that I took away from the game was, like, how many chances were the 76ers going to give the Knicks to, you know, tie it up in the fourth quarter? I mean, I think there was one point you guys said, you know, five or six straight turnovers. It just seemed like you guys didn't yeah. know how to play those games. Well, it's almost they were they were. It was almost like they were forcing the ball through Joel Embiid. I mean, every possession it seemed like they would give it to him on the perimeter. He tried to make a move on someone. I know Kyle LeQuinn and uh, uh, Cancer and uh, and Porzingis were all switching on to uh, Joel Embiid. I mean, playing pretty good defense. He turned the ball over a bunch, gave the Knicks a bunch of chances. But um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad the Sixers got. Uh, got a win after the five-game slide and uh, got back in the win column. But, you know, the, the Knicks are definitely making their uh, their voice heard in the Eastern Conference, maybe a playoff contender, but we'll see. Yeah, and both of those teams, you know, the 76ers and Knicks, you know, have young nucleuses and, you know, could be bright spots at the Eastern Conference in the years to come. Yep, definitely. But today's episode, we're going to go through the Western Conference, uh, spend two to three minutes on each team just you know, talking about uh, how they're playing this season and what what they look like looking forward. Um, we'll start from the back of the worst part of the Western Conference and move our way up to the, the top. Um, you know, the first team, one of the worst teams in the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks, the 9-25 this year, uh, 15th in the Western Conference. They're uh, 25th in the NBA in offensive rating and 16th in defensive rating. Blake, what do you, what do you think about the, the Mavericks? Um, you know, it, it's tough because I really like Rick Carlisle as a coach. Um, I think he's one of, definitely one of the better coaches in the NBA, but this team just doesn't seem to have it, um, especially with, uh, you know, Dirk. He's getting up there in age 39 years old. He's only averaging 11.8 points per game. That's the same as Wesley Matthews. I mean, they're led by Harrison Barnes with his 18.7, but, you know, his field goal percentage, 44, he's, you know, shooting poorly from the three, 33% from the three. Um, you know, a bright spot for the team is Dennis Smith Jr., uh, their rookie from uh, North Carolina State. Uh, 13.8 points per game. Um, shooting numbers aren't great, you know, uh, under 40% from the field and uh, 30% from three. But he did, he's an athletic guard, um, you know, four assists a game. Um, you know, it, it's tough because... 
they really don't have many guys. They're not giving many minutes to Nerlens Noel, who I think deserves, you know, some maybe some more playing time, maybe on a different team. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just a, one of those, you know, wait out to the draft and see who else you can get next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, my the, the story for me with the, the Mavericks has been um, Nerlens Noel, you know, they offered him the big extension in the offseason. Now he's only tw- playing 12 minutes a game this year, only started 6 of 18 games played. Um, you know, I mean – Probably should have taken his money, but, you know, we'll move on from the Dallas Mavericks. Definitely been a, a huge disappointment. But uh, the next team is the Memphis Grizzlies. They're currently sitting at 10-23. and 23. They fired their head coach, David Fisdale, earlier this season. They're 27th in offensive rating and 18th in defense rating. Uh, definitely been disappointing. They're missing Mike Conley with an Achilles injury. Um, Michael Green and Wayne Selden all hurt. Uh, what are your impressions with them, Blake? You know, with them, you know, unfortunately, it's taken this turn where they're, you know, of course, missing, you know, those guys, Mike Conley, is a big deal. Um, unfortunately, the chemistry issues, they, they were in the playoffs last year. I really like Dave Fisdale. I don't think he should have been fired, but we talked about them a couple of weeks ago. I think that they have too many big contract players on the roster to be in this um, in this position. You know, they're paying... Let's see, they're paying $28 million this year to Mike Conley, 23 to Chandler Parsons, and 22 to Marcus Gasol. Um, that doesn't help in free agent time. That doesn't help with trades. So I think, you know, for the Grizzlies, since they're in this position, even though it's early on in the season, I think they got to look to, you know, dump some of these big contracts and maybe get more time for uh, younger developing players. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're a team that uh, definitely needs to look towards that rebuild, get, some, get rid of some of these big contracts, especially like Chandler Parsons. Maybe trade Marcus I get a good call for those guys. Um, and, you know, build up the young nucleus and let, let them, you know, play some minutes. And uh, maybe down the road they'll be a playoff contender again. Yeah. Uh, the next team is the uh, Phoenix Suns. They're 13th in the Western Conference, 12-23 uh, and 23 this season. Uh, they're 26th in offensive rating and 29th in defensive rating, struggling on both sides of the floor. Blake, thoughts? Yeah, I mean – Defensively not great, you know, 29th in the league, uh, allowing the most points per game. Um, you know, looking at the roster, you know, you trade away Eric Bledsoe, who still, if he was on the team today, would be averaging the third most points on the team. I mean, Devin Booker is a young stud, and that's a great guy to build around. 24 points a game this year, you know, shooting 45% from the field, 38 from three, effective field goal percentage of 51.9. He's a, he's a bright spot for this team unfortunately you know they've, they've got too many guys that aren't aren't doing a lot um tj warren has been nice 19.1 uh I, I feel like they have to address the point guard position and then even at the bigs um alex len hasn't really turned out to what i thought he would have been i mean he is averaging nine points and nine rebounds this year but i, I thought you know by um by this point in his career, he would have, you know, seen some significant growth. And then even the guys that they drafted, you know, Marquise Chris and Dragon Bender, they drafted them not this past offseason, but the offseason before. Both of them aren't contributing at all. Uh, Chris is averaging 6.3 a game and Bender 5.5. So they've missed on a few key draft picks that are really hurting them now. Yeah, and another situation to watch with the young draft picks not panning out. Um, Josh Jackson hasn't been uh, too great this year, only playing 22 minutes a game. Uh, he's averaging... Uh, a steal game, which you know they, people thought maybe more steals uh, for him coming out of college. I, I like the young nucleus they have here. I think they missed, like you said, they missed on a couple draft picks. But you know, Devin Booker, twenty-four points a game, and TJ Warren, nineteen points a game. Um, you know, they had a young nucleus, but I think uh, 
they, they still got some building to do uh, yeah. towards the future. All right, the Sacramento Kings, 11th in the Western Conference, uh, 11 and 21 on the season. Their offensive rating is 100, uh, 101.9, which is 29th in the NBA, 28th on the defensive end. Uh, the, right now, they're missing three guys. Vince Carter is injured with the ribs, De'Aaron Fox with the quadricep, and Harry Giles with the knee. What do you think of the Kings? Um, you know, they had such a weird offseason for me, you know, signing Zach Randolph and George Hill to big contracts and then drafting, you know, four guys in De'Aaron Fox, Frank Mason, Justin Jackson, and uh, who was the fourth? Frank Mason. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, they had a really weird offseason. I was like, oh, this is a cool unit. You know, got some young guys mentoring the younger guys, but. When Zach Randolph is your leading scorer and he's only got 15.8 points per game, it's, 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 it shows why you're one of the worst teams in the West. Um, you know, De'Aaron Fox is hurt right now. Um, but, you know, even growth from Buddy Hield and Willie Culley-Stein hasn't been that significant over the past few years. Um, when Buddy Hield came here uh, after the DeMarcus Cousins trade, it was like, oh, maybe this can be, you know, the new, the new face of the franchise, the new young face of the franchise. Him and De'Aaron Fox, we'll see if that can work out. But, um... Nothing's looking too great, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like, counter to what you said, I think Buddy Heald's actually rest a little bit this year. I mean, he's shooting 45% from the field, 45% from uh, three. Uh, like you said, he's only, I mean, he's not contributing as much as they thought he would uh, with only seven starts this year in 30 games. But, you know, they have a good young nucleus. I really like De'Aaron Fox out of the draft. I think it'll take him a couple years to develop into a, a great point guard in this league. But, um, yeah, I mean... We'll see. I think they're another team with some young talent, kind of like the Suns, uh, but they they still have to make some some better draft picks in the next couple of years, and I think they can they can turn it around. Um, yeah. The, the next team we'll talk about is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, they are currently tenth in the Western Conference. Uh, definitely, the story of this team has been Lonzo Ball uh, struggling from the field, not shooting as well as everyone thought he would out of college, but he's still contributing on the boards and passing the ball. What, what do you think about the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they need to realize that the face of their franchise for now isn't Lonzo Ball. I think they really need to hone in on developing Brandon Ingram and, you know, making him the, the focal point of the team. I've been really impressed with Ingram this year. You know, given his size, you know, he's still going to grow, kind of like you saw with Kevin Durant when he came into the league. You know, very lanky, uh, skinny guys. And, you know, Kevin Durant has developed into one of the best defensive players in the league even at this point. Um, so Ingram, 16 points a game, uh, second in the team behind Kyle Kuzma, another great spot for this team. But, um, you know, effective field goal percentage, 46.9, shooting 44% from the field, um, three assists, five rebounds. I, I really like him as the focal point. You know, Kyle Kuzma, too, has been great. Um, Jordan Clarkson has looked nice, um, and I think they're kind of looking to trade him um, before the deadline, so it'll be interesting to see if he continues to shine while Lonzo's sitting out. Um, how he can do? Yeah, I mean, I like this Lakers team. I think they got a lot, a lot of young talent. Uh, you know, towards the bottom of the Western Conference, a lot of teams with you know these young players that still haven't blossomed. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram, like you said, has the potential to be a great uh, offensive and defensive player. I mean, he's got the length on the defensive end. Um, and he definitely have the he has the shot. He just needs to develop it a little bit more. Um, and I like what you know. I like Brandon Ingram. I like Kyle Kuzma. Like you said, Kyle Kuzma has been uh, quite the surprise for them. I mean, they picked him uh, later on in the draft, and and he's really turned out to be a great player. 
Uh, and, you know, I think it's going to take Lonzo Ball a little bit to t- develop into a great player. But I think at the end of the day, he'll be more of a, you know, Jason Kidd, a passer type. Um, and, and, and great on, I think he has the potential to be great on both ends of the floor, too. So, you know, they got some potential in L.A. I think it's going to take a couple years. I mean, unless they get LeBron next year, I don't see the Lakers <clears throat> making the playoffs for a couple years. So um, Yeah. We'll and uh, I really like um, Luke Walton as head coach. I, I think, you know, it's a great young guy to have there in the locker room connecting with this young roster. Um, he's an aggressive guy. You know, you saw him go to bat for D'Angelo Russell after that whole scuffle last year. He really cares about his players and for young guys in the league. That's really important to see. You know, they've also, you know, unfortunately missed out on a few, like, picks. Um, Julius Randle hasn't really shown it um, the, in his first few years, you know, I think he might. I think he's a restricted free agent this year. It'll be interesting to see what the Lakers choose to do with him, especially you know given their cap and flexibility. You know, with Luol Deng on the books um, and you know some other big contracts that they've got this year. But um, it'll be an interesting offseason for the Lakers for sure, especially with all the big free agents hitting the market. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they got Jordan Clarkson too. Uh, let's <laughs> see what happens with him in the market. Uh, they got some some young players um, that definitely need to develop, but they. Also, like you said, have some big contracts uh, that need to be put elsewhere in order for them to really build up that roster. So uh, we'll go to the other side of L.A. and the Clippers. You know, they, they started off hot. Um, one of the best teams in the Western Conference through about 15 games. And then after that, they kind of fell off the table. Um, you know, the rumors are that, you know, they might be trying to trade DeAndre Jordan. Uh, not sure if that's the right move. But, Blake, what are your thoughts on the Clippers? Yeah, unfortunately, you know, with the Clippers the past few years, it's just health. You know, Chris Paul had his injuries when he was there. Blake still hurt, you know, sprained left MCL. Missing the, you know, still, you know, about two months. He injured that back in the end of November. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, Patrick Beverly is out for the year. Um, if, you, if you're if you missing all those key guys, there's no way you're going to have success. And, and when you miss some of those guys so consistently, like Blake Griffin, it's hard to get anything going. And, you know, you did sign him to a huge extension this offseason. Um, you know, Griffin's making $29.5 this year. Um, that's a lot of money for a guy that you can't really depend on to be there a full season. And he's, you know, he's shown he really can't be counted on health-wise throughout his entire career. Um, so in, in that aspect, I also agree with you that I don't think DeAndre Jordan you know, trading him away is the right move because he's been, you know, a consistent guy on that team who's maintained, for the most part, relatively a healthy career. And... Uh, yeah, honestly, it just doesn't look great. I don't know, in my opinion, how long Doc Rivers will stay as head coach there. I haven't been a big fan of him the past few seasons in L.A. And uh, Yeah, there's another team. They're just old. They're hurt. Um, and they got to look to the draft, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they. I think coming into the season with Blake Griff, Griffin healthy, Patrick Beverly healthy, um, some of the talent they had on their roster, I mean, I thought they were a, a – potential top six seed in the Western Conference. But, you know, with Blake Griffin going down, Patrick Beverly out for the season, it's really tough for this team to compete. Uh, I think they, they finished well outside the playoffs. But, you know, it, it's, it stinks for them and Doc Rivers because, you know, they, they had the potential even after the Chris Paul trade with some of the return they got for him to, to make a run in the playoffs. But that's not going to happen. And like you said, I think they need to look towards the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we'll move on. The next team is the Pelicans. You know, the story with them is the, uh, you know, Anthony Davis and, and DeMarcus Cousins. Will that work out for future? Um, they currently uh, sit right on the fringe of the playoffs, the Western Conference. 
Blake, what are your thoughts? I really like the Pelicans. Um, it's so interesting in a guard-heavy league to see a team, you know, sustain, you know, somewhat success this year, 17-16. You know, um, it's not been great, but they're doing it with two big men and two of the best big men in the league. Um, I think DeMarcus Cousins is the best center in the league, um, and I would go as far to say that Anthony Davis, is, it, when he's healthy, is the best uh, power forward in this league. You know, they're... It's interesting because DeMarcus Cousins does hit the free agent market this offseason. Um, it'll be interesting to see what you know New Orleans tries to do and bring him back. Um, for them, another thing is just health and then wing play. You know, Drew Holiday has been for a while. He gets hurt consistently. I mean, he's healthy now, but um, through his career has been banged up. Um, right now, they're missing. You know, a few guys are missing: Alexa Jinsa, Tony Allen, Dante Cunningham, Solomon Hill. Jackson. So a lot of their wing guys, especially, they just haven't been great over the years. You know, they traded away Eric Gordon, Ryan Anderson, um, got rid of Tyreek Evans as well. So, um, you know, I, I like them. Um, I love the combination of Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins going against the, you know, the guard heavy NBA. But um, unfortunately, I think they're another strong player on the wing away from making, you know, like a, a great playoff series out of that. Yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, with the NBA nowadays. I feel like some of the d- most dominant teams have great wing players. Uh, the Pelicans really don't have that wing player. They have a good guard with Drew Holiday and then two guys down low, which, you know, I mean, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins have been terrific this year. Anthony Davis with a player efficiency rating of 28.2. DeMarcus Cousins with a player efficiency rating of 23.6. Um, they've both been terrific, averaging over 25 points a game each. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough for teams in the Western Conference to stop them down low in the playoffs. But I really don't know if they have what it takes on the defensive end, on the wings, uh, to really slow down some of these really good Western Conference teams. I mean, the Timberwolves got uh, Jimmy Butler on their wings with Andrew Wiggins. And then you look at the Thunder with Mello, Paul George, and Westbrook. And the Warriors, of course. I mean, I don't even have to name the names there. Uh, yeah. They have on the wing that they can shoot with. And the Rockets, of course, with James Harden, Eric Gordon, and, and some of those other guys, Ryan Anderson. I don't know if they can just defend on those wings. Um, I don't think, you know... I'm looking down the roster. I don't, I don't really see any great wing defenders except you know Tony Allen, but he's such a liability offensively. I don't know. Um, so no, I like the Pelicans team. I think at the end of the day, I don't think Demarcus Cousins is going to be a Pelican next year. I think he could go somewhere else, maybe a better fit. But um, it's interesting to see two of the best big men in the in the league play on the same roster. Uh, but I, I just don't think the Pelicans are, are ready yet. Maybe they're eight seed in the Western Conference, but. Uh, they they just yeah like you said they're they're probably a wing away. Yeah, and it's um it's interesting about Demarcus Cousins if he leaves what that means for Anthony Davis because well he, Anthony Davis continually says you know he's franchise he wants to bring a title to New Orleans. There's always room whirling around, especially I keep seeing ones to the Celtics, you know who do, who do have a lot of you know young players and draft picks that can be you know made for a trade. You know it, it comes to a point where you wonder how long Anthony Davis is going to be. Um, okay with being outside of the playoffs every single year, you know, looking up for the future, um, you know, where there are better situations for him. So even if DeMarcus Cousin leaves, you know, that puts New Orleans in such a big hole that you may see, you know, Anthony Davis grow a little frustrated with this situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll see. I mean, when the trade deadline comes around and, you know, if they're not, they're not better than on the fridge of the Western Conference, I think they might look at trading DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, see if they can get something for him before he leaves in free agency. But uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think the Pelicans are a good team, but uh, just not there yet. 
So we'll move up in the Western Conference. Uh, team seventh in the Western Conference, playing a little better lately. Uh, as Portland Trailblazers are 17-16 this season, 23rd in offensive rating, second in defensive rating. Surprisingly, uh, you know they've been that's that's very surprising, especially with Damian Lillard and CJ yeah. McCollum. Uh, what are your thoughts, Blake? Um, I just don't like the combination of McCollum and Lillard. Unfortunately, I feel like they take the ball away from each other too much. It, it the, you know, there are some systems, you know, Chris Paul, James Harden, um, what you've seen only flashes of, they do a really good job of sharing the ball with each other. Um, I think both are ball dominant guards that need, you know, need the ball coming up the court, you know, Dame 25, CJ 20. And they have a really good, um, bright young piece in, uh, Yusuf Nurkic at center, uh, 14.5 points a game, 7.4 rebounds. I really like him, you know, only 23. That's great for, um, for a nice young center, but it also like the Pelicans wing play. I mean, you know, Al Farouk Aminu, 9.3 points shooting 41% from the field. Uh, Evan Turner has been a disappointment. He got signed to a big contract. He's only averaging seven and, uh, 7.8. He's shooting uh, 22% from three. Um, I mean, guys like Mar- uh, Maurice Harkless, Pat Connaughton, um, yeah, this is another team just like the Pelicans, um, that don't really have great wing play, and I think that's detrimental, especially like you mentioned, you know, guarding those other wing players of the contenders in the Western Conference. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm looking at their uh, offensive blocks plus minus because I know defensively they've been a pretty good team throughout their roster, um, mm-hmm. but you know, offensively they only have four guys with a positive offensive box plus minus with McCollum, uh, Lillard, Myers, Leonard, and uh, Shabazz Napier, who you know Napier. And Leonard really haven't played that much this year, so really only McCollum and Lillard have been good offensively. And I, the disappointment disappointment for me has been their draft picks from the season. I mean, Caleb Swanigan was a monster coming out of college. Uh, they just sent him down to the G League, and Zach Collins has been a, a huge disappointment. And they spent draft picks on both of those guys this year, so um, not getting the young talent they need. And like you said, I don't I don't know if in the uh, as a as a future plan, I don't think Lillard and McCollum are really the answer to them being a contender. I think they have to trade uh, one of them or let them walk in free agency and really get, you know, maybe a, a three and D type guy, maybe go after Paul George in free agency. But, um, you know, da- Damian Lillard, I think we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. I think da- Damian Lillard is the one that's going to have to stay and, and CJ McCollum is probably going to be on his way out. Yeah. I, I do think it McCollum on his way out um, just because they, there's been so much commitment to, I guess the face of the franchise already, you know, McCollum came up a him um but yeah you're right well i think one of them has to leave and unfortunately also you know looking at the wings and maybe the power forward position they haven't uh, developed you know their young guys that well even noah bonley i know he didn't start his career in uh in portland but he hasn't developed much at all um and then you know another young guy like ed davis he hasn't developed so you really need to work on on grooming these wing players so that they can play alongside Lillard and McCollum and give them some support because, I mean, like I said, you know, there's not any names that are really popping off on the wings with them that, you know, make me confident about them in the postseason. Yeah, uh, definitely a situation to watch. I I like the Trailblazers roster. They're kind of similar um, to the Pelicans, whereas they have a bunch of good talent. And, you know, they're good enough to win over 50% of their games, but they're not really good enough to contend. And at that point, is it really worth uh, committing a ton of money to all these players if you don't think you're ready to contend. Um, and yeah. I think we're both on the same page. I don't think they're at that contending level, so they probably should 
make some moves and you know rearrange this roster a little bit to make them better contenders in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, we'll move on to the seventh or sixth team in the Western Conference. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, kind of surprising this year, eighteen and fifteen, offensive rating of uh, one hundred nine point seven, which is eighth in the Western Conference or eighth in the NBA. And defense rating, they're struggling a little bit, seventeenth in the NBA. Uh, no in or uh, major. There's two major injuries actually with them right now. Uh, Paul Millsap's going to be out with a torn ligament in his left wrist, likely need up to three months to recover. And Emmanuel Moutier has been out the last four games with an ankle sprain. Um, unclear if he'll play this week. So those are two, you know, pretty big guys, especially Millsap. They signed to a big contract this offseason. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Nuggets? You know, I, I really like bringing in Millsap alongside uh, uh, Jokic this past offseason. I thought that was a good 4-5 or five combination. Um, I still think that they really need a, a true point guard. I'm not the biggest fan of Emmanuel Moutier. Um, I think, you know, if it comes to trade deadline and, you know, the Grizzlies are worried about their – their money, you know, maybe the Nuggets throw some draft picks and a, and a couple young players make a run for Mike Conley. I, I saw that um, in a couple of headlines this past offseason. I continue to see it. So they're one team I think really just needs to go out and get a true point guard to play the position. Um, also, you know, they need to do better ball of uh, a better job of not turning the ball over. Their turnover percentage is 23rd in the league. Um, they need to do a better job of getting to the line. Uh, free throws per field goals attempted is 22nd in the league. Um, effective field goal percentage is 27th in the league um, defensively. Uh, so, you know, I like I like Gary Harris. Um, I you know leading the team 16.2 points per game. I like Jokic. Um, he's kind of not had a down year compared to last year, but you know last year he came out of the scene and just surprised everyone. Um, I like Jamal Murray, Will Barton. Um, those are some good wing players, some good young guys. Um, unfortunately, you know, they still have Wilson Chandler. I've never been a big fan of him. They still have Kenneth Freed. Kenneth Freed isn't built for the NBA this day because he can't shoot, you know, beyond the rim. Um, he can't space the floor and help in that aspect. Um, they have young guards that I really like. Uh, they've got, you know, a former Syracuse University alumni, Tyler Lydon. I'm a big SU fan. Uh, Lydon was drafted this past year. He doesn't play. Um, so there's that. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the, the Nuggets. Um, they've got some good young pieces. You know, Jokic seems to be the face of that franchise. And I really think that, you know, they're a true point guard away from, you know, making themselves one of the, the better teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, I really like, you know, I, I like what they have offensively. They have six different guys uh, averaging double figures this year uh, with, you know, Gary Harris leading the pack at 16.2 points per game. But I think... At the end of the day, they're they're probably a point guard and a wing uh, player away. I mean, Wilson Chandler, I don't really think's the answer um, as a as a really both way play both ways, offensive and de- defensively uh, a great wing. Um, Will Barton's pretty good. I mean, they, they have a bunch of uh, good po- power forwards and centers and shooting guards. I think they're missing a you know elite small forward and, and maybe a point guard that can distribute a little bit to these shooters. Because I like what Gary Harris and Jamal Murray have done um, this year. You know, Jamal Murray is definitely. Uh, been a surprise with 15 points a game um, and Gary Harris. I mean, but the the problem is a bunch of these guys play around the same position. I mean, they're they're basically shooting guards, uh, really good shooters. So I, I think they're probably you know defensively they need they need that three uh, and D guy, maybe uh, a Jimmy Butler type. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I I like the Nuggets, but um, at the end of the day, I, I don't think they're at the 
they're at the level to compete, and I think uh, you know they they need to build through the draft a couple more years and, and get some good guys. Uh, maybe free agency, but I, I think they're more built for a draft with all the young players. Yeah, and I you know they're I think that they're pretty close. I mean, and especially fortunately for them, you know, they did sign Paul Millsap to a huge contract. He's making thirty one million this year. Some of their young guys are on are on small contracts. I mean, Jokic probably their best player is making the least amount of money on their team. He's making under one and a half million. Um, Gary Harris making two and a half. Uh, Jamal Murray three point three million. So fortunately, all these guys have been bright young spots and aren't aren't really hurting the salary cap. So you can go out in free agency and make another move. Maybe you know sign a, a three and D wing and trade for a point guard or draft one of those positions. I, I think the Nuggets are closer um, maybe than people are giving them credit for. Uh, I really like the young talent. If they can all can develop the way that they already have, um, you know, I think I think the future's got to be bright in Denver. Yeah, they have the bright future. Um, they definitely have some proven players already. Maybe just a couple uh, proven players away from, you know, mm-hmm. making that jump. But uh, we'll move on. Fifth team in the Western Conference, one of the biggest disappointments uh, so far this season after going and getting Paul George and Carmelo Anthony this offseason. The Thunder only 19-15, and 15. Uh, like I said, fifth in the Western Conference. Offensive rating, 16th in the NBA, hard to believe with all the talent they have offensively. And defensive, they're fourth in the NBA, so uh, pretty good on that side of the ball. Blake, what are your thoughts on the Thunder? Um, yeah, I, we talked about it a few weeks ago. You know, they had a really disappointing start to the season. Um, fortunately for them, they're, they're kind of hot right now. Won five games in a row, took one over the Rockets last night. That was a big win against, you know, a top team in the Western Conference. It's tough when you put three ball-dominant players on the same team for the first time and expect them to just make it work so fast. Um, and fortunately, I think they're trying to, they're understanding more of how to run the offense and and most of that comes down to Carmelo Anthony understanding that, you know, he can't take the number of shots that he was accustomed to. Um, you know, Melo's still averaging 17 and a half. Um, Paul George, 20. Russell Westbrook, just under 24 points a game. Um, but the biggest thing that I've taken from them this year is, is uh, Stephen Adams. I mean, he's been a great center for them. Uh, 13.7 points, uh, 8.9 rebounds, and... Uh, a steal and a block a game. Yeah, steal and a block a game. Um his defensive, his offensive rating is at a 128. Um, offensive rating at a 105. You know, I really like what the Thunder tried to do this offseason. You know, after losing so many key players throughout the years, you lose Serge Ibaka, James Harden, Kevin Durant. They've really shown a commitment to their their fan base by going out and getting these big name guys. And unfortunately, it's just taking some time. People like to bag on Melo and Paul. Ball hogs and Russell Westbrook, even for being a ball hog. But you know, at the end of the day, you just it, unfortunately for the season, they have to try and make it work. And you know, it's it's proven the last uh, few weeks that it can. I think that you know, it's a long season. They'll still be one of the. They'll be a playoff team by the end of the year, and um, you know, hopefully, they they get things going. Yeah, the fact that they're really not gelling yet, and they're still the fifth in the Western Conference, uh, four games over five hundred, definitely. Sh- is, is promising. I mean, Russell Westbrook's almost averaging a triple-double this year again. Uh, Paul George is up there in steals in the NBA, 2.5 a game. He's been terrific on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, Melo, I mean, is promising yesterday because they, they actually beat the Rockets, who um, are second in the Western Conference right now. Uh, so, you know, they, they're showing that they can beat some of the best 
Um, and, they, you know, they really haven't found out their identity yet. So uh, once they find their identity, I think, you know, they're, they're better, in my opinion, than the Spurs and the Timberwolves. I think they end up, you know, the third, third seed in the Western Conference. Um, but, you know, it's going to take some time. I think Billy Diamond's got quite the task on his hand, uh, not only managing some egos, um, but, you know, trying to figure out how offensively they're going to be great. But, yeah, I mean, with Steven Adams, Steven Adams has been great this year. Uh, I think offensive and defensively, uh, he, he's been terrific, more than they could have asked for. Um, but, yeah, the Thunder, you know, definitely a team to watch down the stretch. But we'll move on um, to the Timberwolves. They're fourth in the Western Conference, 21-13. and 13. Uh, this offseason, they went out and got uh, Jimmy Butler and Jeff Teague, uh, definitely showing that they should be contenders uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts? It's so surprising to see a Tom Thibodeau coach team um, so bad defensively, 25th in defensive rating. Um, that just isn't accustomed to what you know you used to see from Tom Thibodeau back with the Bulls. You know, they're always one of the best teams defensively, and unfortunately, that comes to you know. Andrew Wiggins and uh, Carl Anthony Towns not being tremendous on defense. I mean, I like Jimmy Butler on defense. Um, but, you know, with them, I like what they did in the offseason as well. You know, trading for Jimmy Butler, I thought that was a really good piece for them. Um, you know, averaging 20.7 points. I mean, Towns has 20, Wiggins has 17. And then, you know, signing Jeff Teague, who's got 13. Um, getting Taj Gibson, former Bull, 11 and Point six. They got a lot of good guys. Um, unfortunately, you know, I just think, what was I looking at? Um, yeah, like defensively, it, it's tough. And then pace as well. You know, a 95.9 pace rating, 19th in the league. That's not, with the, how fast the game of basketball is now, that's not going to, you know, help you out in the postseason. Um, I really think that you need to be able to move up and down the court as fast as possible to compete with teams like the Rockets and the Warriors. Um, so, they got young talent. I love Carl Anthony Towns. I like Wiggins a little. Um, and I like Tom Thibodeau as a coach. I just don't think it's, you know, I think they have, it, it, despite being one of the better teams record-wise in the West, I still think they're a couple years away from being a true contender. Yeah, I mean, I think they have all the pieces to be a contender. Um, but, the, you know, the defense is just not there. And I, I mean, they have the potential on the defensive end. I mean, with some of these players, like Andrew Wiggins should be a good wing defender uh jeff teague i mean he gets a lot of steals but his defensive rating is actually negative um carl anthony towns definitely should be a better defender than he actually is gorgie mm-hmm. jang should be a better defender jimmy butler hasn't been terrific on the defensive end this year is actually a negative defensive box plus minus so they have a ton of guys on this roster that really are should be good defenders just how they play the game and they're not showing out this year but you know at the at the same time um kind of the same uh, conversation with the Thunder. I mean, they're struggling a little bit defensively, and they're still twenty-one and thirteen. So, if this team yeah. can figure it out defensively, um, you know, they're, they're only gonna they're gonna win fifty plus games. And and Tom Thibodeau definitely a candidate for Coach of the Year. I think, you know, I think this Timberwolves team uh, ha- has a chance to be a contender in the West, but they need to take that that step defensively. Um, I mean, no no trouble offensively with some of the players they got this offseason, but they definitely went out and got Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler as defensive guys, you know, to to, to play great defense, um, especially with Tom Thibodeau, how he likes to coach. He's, he's more of a defensive coach. Uh, if this team can figure out how to play defense a little bit more, um, they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they, they need to figure that out, and we'll see. We'll move on to the Spurs, who are third in the Western Conference. You know, they're 
They're always up there in the Western Conference. They're 23-11 this year. Um, played pretty great. Danny Green's uh, missed the last two games with tightness in his left groin. And Kawhi Leonard uh, missed the last game with a quad strain, but uh, he's been he's only been on the floor for, let's see, um, he's only been on the floor for four games. Um, so only averaging 17 minutes a game. Blake, what are your thoughts on the Spurs? You know, the record says that, you know, like always, you know, Greg Popovich is one of the greatest coaches of all time. He, a, a struggling roster, maybe with some aging players, some unhealthy players, and still, you know, bump out some wins and, you know, on pace for probably another 50-win season for I don't know how many times Popovich has done that consecutively. But I'm when it comes to the playoffs, I'm, I'm kind of worried about San Antonio. You know, like I said, like I was concerned with the um, the Timberwolves, their pace, 94.4, is second to last in the league. You know, they really don't move the ball up and down the court that fast. And, um, you know, while they're always great on defense, offensive rating is middle of the pack and 15th. I understand they're, they're easing in their best players. So, you know, maybe that's just why it takes some time offensively. I mean, Kawhi to only be at uh, 10.5 points per game, you know, it's clear, you know, they're just really just trying to transition him into the game slowly before he gets some real minutes. But, um, they did a good job while he was centering the offense around Lamarcus Aldridge, but I don't think that's sustainable for the season, especially when Kawhi is playing, you know, a full game's work. Um, you know, 22.2 points per game has been great for him, you know, shooting just under 50% from the field and 37% from three, which isn't that bad. Uh, and Rudy Gay also has been, you know, well, coming off the bench a great uh, uh, second, a uh, leader of the second unit. I've liked what they, when they brought him in. I thought that was a nice piece. Taking a guy that, you know, was so used to being a ball-dominant small forward and really, you know, teaching him in, uh, about ball movement in a San Antonio system. At the end of the day, the Spurs are always going to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. Greg Popovich always knows how to coach his, uh, his roster up. Um, but when it comes to the playoffs, I'm kind of worried about them this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see that they're playing well on defense. I mean, a third in the NBA in defensive rating. Uh, and that's without Kawhi Leonard basically playing the whole season. And, you know, he's one of the best defenders in basketball. So you'd only figure they're going to get better on the defensive end. But, yeah, you know, on the offensive end, it worries me. I don't know if they shoot a three as well as they really need to in the in the playoffs to beat some of these top-tier teams in the Western Conference. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been great this year, like you talked about. Um, really surprised on how he's bounced back. Uh, 22 points a game, like you said. But, you know, I, I just don't know if there's enough supporting cast here to really make a run and beat some of these teams like the Rockets, uh, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, or the you know the Warriors in the West, I think, I think they have they finished either second or third or fourth in the Western Conference um, regular season wise. But I just don't know you know with that pace and how they're offensively you know struggling a bit with 15th in the NBA offensive rating. Um, you know I I'm concerned with the Spurs going into the playoffs, but you know I at the end of the day we can never doubt Greg Popovich. I mean he can coach up basically any team. Um, and, you know, we'll see. We'll move on to the second-best team in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets. Um, they've fallen back a little bit, but they're 25-7 and on the season. Uh, offensive rating is first in the NBA at 116. Uh, defensive rating is 10th, kind of surprising because they haven't been good on defensive side of the ball the last couple of years. I think Chris Paul has helped that a little bit. Uh, Chris Paul has been in and out of the lineup, uh, multiple injuries. Luke and Bob Mute. Uh, expected to miss, miss two or three weeks with a uh, dislocated right shoulder. Um, and then Troy Williams is also hurt. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts with the Thunder? Well, the Rockets. I mean, the Rockets. Uh, I don't know why I was 
I don't know why I was thinking about the Thunder. I was looking at James Harden. I was flashing back to 2005 or whatever. So let's go uh, to the Rockets. James Harden, you know, I love the, the Rockets this year. And the, and the biggest thing is is their improvement on defense for me. Um, like you said, 10th in the league. And even James Harden has grown a lot as a defender. But Chris Paul helps out so much in the backcourt defensively. Especially, you know, they lost Patrick Beverly, who was a great defensive point guard. But Chris Paul also is, is, is really good at that position. Well, um, I, I love the growth. Just as like we said with um, Stephen Adams in Oklahoma City, I love Clint Capella um, in, in Houston right now. 14.5 points per game, 11.2 rebounds, and almost two blocks a game. He's been the center of that defense. He's done a great job of protecting the rim and getting rebounds. Um, you know, a 3.0 in the defensive uh, box plus minus. Um, I love the, the offense. It's it's fast. It's it, it's it's built to it's built to beat the Warriors because um, you know some teams try focusing on limiting their offense to beat the Warriors um, and you know being great on defense. But but when it comes down to it in the NBA, the offense uh, shooting is so um, is such a strong point in most rosters that you just have to kind of outscore the the uh, the Warriors to beat them. You saw that in the finals too when the when the Cavs took that one game against the Warriors. It wasn't because they did great defensively. It was just because they shot the ball better. And that's what you have to do to beat the Warriors. And I think every team kind of knows that, you know, you play to win the championship, but, you know, to get there, you have to beat the Warriors because they have so many great guys and a great coach. Um, I think the Rockets are the best equipped team to take down the uh, the Warriors this year, given their offense, given their, you know, developing players uh, defensively as well. Um, Chris Paul is huge for them. Um, I like Mike D'Antoni's offense, and yeah, I mean, I don't think they can beat the Warriors, but I think you know it's a great series in the in the, you know, the Western Conference Finals if they get there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at the true shooting percentage throughout the team, Clint Capella's at sixty-eight percent, Nene is at sixty-three, James Harden's at sixty-three, Chris Paul's at sixty-two, Ryan Anderson's at sixty, Trevor Reese is at sixty, and Eric Gordon's at fifty. I mean, those guys are just—they're shooting lights out this year. Uh, no surprise, they're first in the NBA in offensive rating. And, you know, the surprise is definitely on the defensive side of the ball um, with where they've made strides this year. Um, but, you know, I, I really like this Rockets team. Whether or not they can beat the Warriors is a different question. Uh, but they're definitely making the right strides to be able to compete uh, with the Warriors in that Western Conference. We'll move on. Uh, we're spending a lot of time today on these teams. Uh, we'll go with the last team in the Western Conference, first in the NBA, first in the Western Conference, uh, 27 and seven, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, offensive rating, they're third in the NBA, fifth in the NBA in defensive rating. They're currently without Steph Curry, um, unlikely to return before the end of December with an ankle injury. They're also without Zaza Pachulia, who's sidelined with a left shoulder. Uh, is unknown. He'll field play against the Jazz on Wednesday. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, are, are the Warriors a, a for sure repeat? Um, you know, unless. Yeah, I, I think they're a for sure repeat, in my opinion, as long as they stay healthy. Um, and, you know, I think they're even, you know, as sure to make the finals, even if one of Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry is playing. You saw you know, there was a great game last night between the Cavs and the um, the Warriors. And while the Cavs, you know, aren't the healthiest, also without Isaiah Thomas, the Warriors pulled that out without Stephen Curry. Um, and what I really like about the Warriors is that, this success is just, it's so sustainable to me because they're giving their young guys so much, so many key minutes and key games. Um, for example, you know, uh, Kevon Looney, Patrick McCaw, 
Jordan Bell, they're all getting significant playing time this season. And, you know, so like if one of these guys goes down, they have a replaceable guy that, you know, isn't going to be as great, but, you know, has experienced, you know, some quality minutes in the rotation and, and fits into the offense. Um, I really like how Steve Kerr is, you know, setting up this not just for success now, but for the future. And yeah, this is just, it, it, it's one of the, it's going to turn into one of the best dynasties, in my opinion, of, of all time in history. And, you know, when you have Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, you know, Draymond Green, uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, you know, has taken this, this step back offensively, um, averaging 10 points a game for the second season in a row. He's, he's just the fall guy bringing in Kevin Durant. But, um, yeah, I love the Warriors. Um, I hate to see them win, but, you know, the talent on this team is just, is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, the, the surprise for me has got to be Jordan Bell. Uh, defensive box plus minus is actually leading the team at 4.5 this year. Uh, player efficiency rating offensively, he's leading, or he's not leading the team, but he's been great at 21 uh, with the league average being 15. Uh, I really like, you know, I feel like the Warriors front office has been great as uh, going out and getting these guys late late in drafts that really uh, can impact the team the next year. You know, Draymond Green was a second-round pick, and look at him, defensive player of the year last year. And, you know, Jordan Bell showing out at age 23 this year out of Oregon. So um, I really like, you know, I, I like this Warriors team. It's hard not to like them. Um, I, I mean, like, like you, Blake, I, I hate watching them win. But at the end of the day, um, I think they win the Western Conference. I think uh, unless, you know, uh, one or two big injuries come out, um, I don't think uh, anyone's able to beat this team in the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, they've been good offensively and defensively. And uh, I don't I don't expect anything different than a you know a Warriors, uh, Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, looking at other teams, you know, I think what it would take really for a team to to beat the the Warriors in the playoffs or in the finals, where it is 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 great is great pace, great shooting, and a dominant big man in the middle. And you know, the Rockets have that right now. You know, they great pace amazing shooting and Clint will continue to grow as you know one of the great centers in the league um so that's one thing I can think of that you know might be a a focal point is really honing in on Clint Capella um being a defensive dominant force against the Warriors but that's what it's going to take it's going to take great center along with their shooting yeah definitely I mean uh I, I like the Rockets you know the the team that comes to mind is the Thunder. A couple of years ago, when Durant was on the Thunder, uh, they had a three one lead on the Warriors, and it, you know it was the play of Stephen Adams that was really the key in that series. Um, yeah. You know, a, a solid big man that can play defense in the lane uh, definitely hurts the Warriors. So uh, we'll see. I don't I don't really think um, there's a team out there that's ready to beat the Warriors. Uh, there might develop. There might be one that develops over the season. Um, but, you know, definitely. Definitely a team to watch, and I, I think at the end of the day, they're, they've got to be the favorites in the NBA once again. Um, but, you know, that does it for our uh, Western Conference outlook for today. Uh, appreciate Blake always coming on, uh, my co-host on this show. Uh, next Monday, we'll actually go through. Uh, we'll actually be back on Monday. We'll go through the Eastern Conference, a uh, little outlook there, go through every team, uh, talk about them for a couple minutes. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of fun to go through the Western Conference today. Any last words, Blake? Yeah, uh, just hope everyone had a great Christmas yesterday. Enjoy the rest of your holidays. And, uh, you know, go Knicks. Always gotta, I feel like I always got to say that. Yeah, I always got to say trust the process at the end of every episode. You know, uh, Sixers playing well. Knicks definitely surprising. So, 
Um, thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next week, guys. Right, take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.